Welcome to Unbought and Unbothered. I'm your host, Thish. On today's episode of the Black Man Joy series, I have sneaker influencer Sneaker Fetish. Y'all, this man is so full of gems and knowledge. I am so excited that I get to hold space with this guy. Like, we about to learn some shit today. David, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am good, good. Trying not to go to sleep in all these clouds. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I always like to like pop things off with um, my guests, kind of telling my listeners a little bit about themselves, because I know you, but I want them to know you from you. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, I'm David, David Daniels. Um, a lot of people may know me as Kari. Um, so Kari actually comes from my middle name. My middle name is actually Bukari. Um, but you know, just shorten that up a little bit and people call me Kari. So, um, I'm currently in, uh, Alabama, uh, by way of St. Louis, by way of the East coast and, um, been down here for quite some time. I'm a, uh, content creator, uh, and YouTuber. Um, I have a channel, it's called Sneaker Fetish. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I love sneakers. Um, and um you know that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell that's it okay so the name sneaker fetish let me tell you for the longest i guess i never paid attention to the words but for the longest <laughs> i have been calling you sneaker fresh because i just saw the ph <laughs> and i was like okay fresh and then i looked and i was like oh that says fetish so yeah. tell me what does that name come from so um so two places actually so it's a it's kind of like a kind of a double entendre if you will so first of all when I first started out on uh like social media and stuff like that a lot of people don't know I actually used to make music back in the day I was one of those guys that wow. I swore that I was going to be the next rapper like a lot of other guys wow. have those types of drink yeah exactly right we're gonna have to have a sidebar so, about this rap thing I never we do. knew that we do. It's, it's awful it's awful <laughs> I uh but um yeah so my like um a lot of my social media page so i called myself Kari as well when I was making music. That was just kind of my name. And, um, but I always felt like, be it through like, I always loved to write when I was growing up. So I was writing poetry or turn that into trying to write music or whatever the case was. So I always felt like I had like this fascination, like this weird fascination with, with, with prose and with writing and with lyrics and things like that. Right. And so I put the word fetish on there because a lot of people tend to think of the word fetish and they t they tend to think of it in kind of like a sexualized kind of a mm -hmm. way but really when you look up the word fetish it really just speaks to a deep fascination or a deep fixation right. that you have on anything so I had a fetish for lyrics and for writing and things like that so that's where the name originally came from and then I transitioned of course into sneaker fetish as I started to lean a lot more into sneakers and I'm like well shoot just as much as I love writing and things like that, I love sneakers and I love digging into the history of them. So it transitioned into sneaker fetish. And then the pH on the fetish actually comes from the fact uh, that I'm an alpha. Um, and so with me being in the frat, um, 
the, in the frat, everybody spells everything out that has an F sound to it with a PH. So oh. that's where the PH on the fetish came from because, like, they think, you know, alphas think like pharaohs and things like that. So everything is with like a PH. So sneaker fetish with a PH. Wow. That's dope. It's got a meaning to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't even like I I would see people do like the YouTube videos about like different things. I really didn't know how in depth the shoe game was until mm. I got to watching your YouTube. Like yeah. your last one, I was like, he's so right. It is like the dope game. Like this it is, is the game. <laughs> like I didn't it's know real. it was just like so deep like yeah those videos like how like do you do research like how do you uh, how do you make that like you got to give us your secrets but how do you like no, you're good how do you no. like make that happen because let me tell you i was like wow like david is the <laughs> but that's why i got on twitter i was like y'all gonna put some respect on david like <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that Nah, you fam so i'm gonna give you all the secrets okay. you know so um yeah, no, basically, when I get ready to make a video, um, I dive really, really deep into the history of it. You know, I really have tried in this space, you know, to inject something that didn't originally exist. And in something that's really oversaturated, like sneakers, a lot of people's videos are just showing you a shoe, giving you some general information, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it. But I wanted to do something a little different. And so I've always been like a documentary junkie, you know, so I, I love watching old films Me about, too. you know, just things that have happened, right? So I wanted to convey that, um, that interest into the sneaker game and tell people these stories about these shoes, you know, that they may not have known. Like a lot of these sneakers, they're a labor of love, you know, for the companies that are making them and the brands and the, the collaborators that are making these shoes. And I always felt like they weren't getting their just due right. in getting their stories told, you know, like the right way. So yeah, usually if it's like, um, like say for instance, if it's a pair of Jordans, right? Like I, the video that you're talking about, right? So I just did a, a video on the shoe called the Trophy Room Jordan 1s. And it actually, um, it, it paid homage to the 1985 All-Star game that Michael Jordan was in. So I, my research consisted of me, you know, of course, doing all my Googles, making sure that my facts are right, like how many points did he score, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I actually, I, I watched the entire 1985 all-star game from start to finish um somebody uploaded the entire thing on youtube you know so i really will go back and i will watch those old clips i find uh magazines i did a video about a sneaker uh that was called the sports illustrated air jordan one and it paid homage to a magazine cover that michael jordan was on back in the 80s so i actually found an old magazine shop um, in Las Vegas and actually ordered the original copy oh, wow. of that Sports Illustrated magazine just so I could show it on the video like I've got a real I've got an original copy of the magazine so I, I go all in with these videos yeah and it comes <laughs> out in your work like you can tell that you are very like it's of what you're doing like you are very conscious of the content like I appreciate Even the that. way you like you opened the box, I was like, "Yes, give it to us." Like, <laughs> okay, that's right. And, and I mean, I think it's a labor of love for you too. You can definitely Absolutely. tell that you enjoy it. So, Absolutely. I want to know what was the first pair of sneakers that that you know you opened and you knew like, "Yo, I love like sneakers is a different level for me." <laughs> 
this is the thing. You know what's funny? So, okay, so here's the funny thing about it, right? So when I was growing up, we, we you know, didn't really have much money. I, I tell people I was a pay less kid through and through mm-hmm. and everything like that. But I'm going to tell you, the first pair of sneakers that I opened up and I got really super excited about them, they were actually a pair of Tommy Hilfiger sneakers. And thinking back, they were some of the ugliest sneakers <laughs> I think I've ever seen. But just for nostalgic purposes, I'm actually trying to still find a pair of them. But um, that was the shoe where, like, you know, before that, I had just, like, the plain, really plain whatever, just whatever we could afford out of the store. But it's, like, when my mom, my mom was actually married a second time, and my stepdad, he had this thing for Tommy Hilfiger. So he kept all of us, me and my brother and my sister, he kept all of us in Tommy Hilfiger, you know, back in the 90s. And there were these Tommy Hilfiger sneakers. My brother wanted a pair. And I wanted this other pair. They were uh, they had patent leather all over them. There was a zipper in the middle of them. They were lime green and all these colors. It was weird, but <laughs> I love the shoe. And so I got the shoe, and I remember I wore them to school, and like people were like, "Oh man, what are those? Oh man, those are tight, man. Oh, blah 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 blah." And it's like just that feeling that I got from like you know what was on my feet. I'd never felt that before, right. you know, and then. You know, it went from that to really digging more into basketball sneakers and like, you know, because my stepdad was also a huge basketball fan. So like um, he had this uh, tape that was called NBA Jam Session. And it was like a it was like a you remember those N one mixtapes from back in the day. It was like that, but with NBA stars, I like music in it and stuff like that. And so they were always highlighting the sneakers that those guys had on. And I was like, oh, man, I got to get some of those, you know, what they got on. But um, it started from there. It started with those ugly Tommy Hilfiger shoes. You know, I've never really been a quote unquote sneaker lover. I've always Mm -hmm. been really into like the fashion. I'll never forget. (laughs) So embarrassing now. We it was a pair of K Swiss. You remember the K Swiss you used to could just slide your feet in? Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. mom went to four different cities to find these shoes for Ooh. me because I was not going to school without them. Wow. And I ended up wow. being one of the only black kids, because of course the white kids had it. One of the only so yeah, of course. black kids <laughs> that had the K Swiss slides. And I mean, yeah. you couldn't tell you couldn't tell me nothing. And I wasn't even like a oh, sneaker lover like that. But every time I think about like how like mostly guys, and I know a lot of sneakerhead girls that love shoes, mm-hmm. I always think about that case with and wonder if it's the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. you, I also remember like growing up, I have two older brothers and they would mm-hmm. always, you know, watch basketball games, but they also would watch the Fresh Prince. To see what kind of sneakers Will Smith was going to wear. Were you that kid? Absolutely. Oh, I was that (laughs) kid. Oh, I was that kid. Oh, man, let me tell you something. Fresh Prince, um, that guy, he was just like an icon in fashion, right? And so we were always checking for the right. kicks that he had on. Even from the first episode, like on the very first episode, he had on the fives with the with the no laces in them, right. right? And everybody wanted to mimic that style. And then Jordan Brand ended up making, I don't know if you had noticed or not, but a few years back, Jordan Brand actually paid homage and they made a pair of Air Jordan fives. And the way that they made them, you could not put laces in them. They, they came with no laces oh, in wow. them because they were like paying homage to Will Smith and to the Fresh Prince and they said Philadelphia on them and like they were really really nice really rare pair of shoes but and yeah, I mean no, like I, Will was Fresh an Prince, iconic yeah. in that I've always been like I wonder does he mm-hmm. do he know like how like iconic like he really 
Like my brothers would watch it and they would like be like, Dad, I want those, you know. I'm telling you, right? Yeah, they look larger than life back. A lot of our shows, you know, back in the days, you know, when I do the research, a lot of those shows like Nike. Um, and even before they branched off into Jordan, but just like when Jordan was still under Nike, they were giving a lot of those shoes um, to TV shows for product placement. Boy Meets World. Um, Corey Matthews on Boy yes. Meets World. If you look at the old episodes, they used to wear a lot of J's. Home Improvement, they, the kids used to wear a lot of J's on mm-hmm. those shows. Like a lot of those old 90s shows, they were wearing a lot of J's. I think Martin Nike's had on a, I think he used to stay in J's too, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. It's crazy. Absolutely. Yep. Um, That's right. So, what would you say is your favorite pair of sneakers to put on? Ooh, my favorite pair. Like uh, you, you, you wake up, you really feeling yourself this day. You go to your closet, yep. you know what I'm saying? You grab the outfit. What pair of shoes mm-hmm. is David putting on? Because uh, you got so many. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot, man. But you know what? So it's crazy, right? Because I got so many different pairs. But I'm going to be real. I like, like, at my core, I'm a really, really simple guy. As if I love something that's just super fresh and super mm-hmm. clean. So my go-to, um, honestly, is the low-top all-white Air Force One. That is just like the classic. It goes literally with any outfit that you pull out, you know. And like there, to me, there's like nothing better than a fresh pair. I was living in St. Louis just... when Nelly came out with Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> I literally yep. asked this question because. I knew something in me knew this is what you was going to say. I've noticed every mm-hmm. guy, you know, I've asked my husband, I've asked like my brothers, like in pre- preparing mm-hmm. for this, I was like, yo, if you feel like fresh, what? And they all was like, forces, got to put on the forces. That's it. <laughs> the fresh forces, yeah. the fresh Air Force wow. one. Yep. That's the one. No, yeah, I'm tickled that you said that because I'm like, he's going to say the forces. So isn't that because the forces is just a clean shoe? Yeah, you know, it's it's just so clean. It's just a classic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I love the history of the Air Force One. I actually did a video on the entire history of the Air Force One sneaker. It really wasn't popular back in the day. Nike canceled the sneaker back in the day, but because there were certain places like uh, in Baltimore and certain places that were just regionally, you know, regionally made the sneaker popular, Nike ended up bringing it back. And then, of course, Nelly made the song and it just blew up, you know, globally at that point. But yeah, they're just they're they're just easy. They're just they're not complicated to put on. They're comfortable, you know, and and they last forever. You know, I mean, a pair, you know, it lasts for a really really long time because of how they're constructed. So, yeah, I mean, that's that that's my go to. Got, they got to be all yeah. white. I like the all white. <laughs> yes. Got to be all. So, white. do you own a pair of Chuck Taylors like Snoops? You know what? So yes, I have a couple of pairs <laughs> okay. of Chuck Taylors. I got a couple pairs. I like them. They're really comfortable. Um, I, I've actually been lucky enough that a couple of brands have gifted me uh, pairs of mm-hmm. Chuck Taylors. And then I actually just got a brand new pair of Chuck Taylors that were done with a brand called Bandaloo. Um, that, that was a collaboration. They were really limited edition. So I'm going to be putting those up on oh, my Instagram. Okay. I always feel like mm-hmm. those kind of shoes, they always give me a Cali feel. And I'm not sure if that's because of Snoop or... Because, you know, when you think of New York, <laughs> yeah. I automatically think of a pair of Tim's. You know what I'm saying? South, yeah. you know, I kind of think of Forces mm-hmm. somewhere up in there. 
you know, Kelly, yeah. I always think of Converse's for some reason. It has to be because of Snoop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotta be. Yeah, yeah. That influence is real, man. And you're right. Yeah. So those Chucks, that's West yeah, Coast. It, fe- it feels very, <laughs> like, I get in them and I feel the need to see walk. <laughs> I, I know, know, right? <laughs> so do you, okay, so in saying that, do you feel like shoes play hand in hand with the culture? Just from, I, you know, it's kind of like Jay-Z's New York hat, kind of. Do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like how it's just kind of a yeah. staple, you know, in certain, and, and it just, it, it spans, right? It spans so many different uh, cultures now sneakers touches so many different places and people and you know no matter where you are no matter what you're doing if you got something cool on your feet somebody's gonna yeah. say something about it they're gonna point it out you know and yeah I mean it, it just it's so expansive it, it's global it's a you know it's a universal right. language I always tell people because that's one of the yeah, first definitely. things you know I check out in a man like what kind of shoes he got on does he have on a watch mm-hmm. you know because I'd be mm-hmm. like you know you don't <laughs> see too many men that don't care about their shoes you know that's so true. it's like ooh, mm-hmm. he got on dirty shoes like his life is dirty like men don't do that <laughs> No, 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 grown men don't. Yeah. You gotta keep it clean. So, mm-hmm. at when That's did right. you recognize that your love for sneakers can like transition into what you do now? Because it's one thing to love a shoe, but it's a completely mm-hmm. different thing to do the amazing work that you're doing. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know, I think it it really came from, you know, there was um there was a book that came out a little while ago and it was about um, Nike SBs. The SB, it stands for uh, skateboarding. And it talked about, you know, just how big the movement was behind that particular, like, you know, kind of that, like that subgroup, that subculture and how that subculture of skateboarders kind of came into, you know, the mainstream. And so I saw a lot of my friends, I had a couple of friends that were actually featured in that book. And I really, you know, started asking them about their journey into their careers. One friend, um, for instance, I have a friend, her name is Jazeray Allen Lord is her full name. And uh, she really was like one of the pioneers behind that movement. And she worked her way through the ranks of working in different positions within sneakers um, that, um, that actually propelled her into becoming her own brand and owning her own agency and really making, you know, real money and real impact. And the more I got exposed to that, the more I saw that brands, you know, they wanted to tell stories and they wanted, you know, more people that were content creators to get those stories mm-hmm. out to the masses as well. And I started looking at YouTube and, you know, YouTube at that point, you know, it was a space where I was really actually putting up my terrible <laughs> music that I was talking about before. But, um, I, you know, I started, I started also looking at people that were into sneakers on YouTube and I was like, I think I could do this. Like, I think that I could, you know, get on here and start telling the stories of of these shoes and, you know, seeing how big of an impact it was making. I was like, there's a real audience for this out here. And, you know, that just really transformed into me making some awful videos because they were terrible, (laughs) my first videos, but it got better and better. And, uh, you know, now now we're here. Now we're working. You know, we're we're doing work with brands. It's crazy. And so would you uh, feel like um, this was a passion that you have turned into purpose and profit? 
Absolutely. Yeah, it, it always it started at and still at its right. core, it's a passion for me. You know, it's just something that I do. I would do absolutely for free if I wasn't getting paid by YouTube or by yeah. a brand, you know, I would still be talking kicks. I love all day. it. So why okay, yeah. you know, it's a lot of people that try content creating or just do people who are trying to do anything in your life. Why do you feel sometimes that people tend to skip the grind when pursuing their passion? You know, some people instead of just really going for their passion. Mm-hmm they'll just go get a job, which there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with just having a job because we got to eat, you know, mm-hmm. I got to work every day, but I still want to do this. Like, why do you think people tend right. to skip those bad videos or those bad podcast episodes to get to the good ones? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that a lot of people, they tend to be a little bit afraid of, you know, rejection mm-hmm. there, they might be afraid of, you know, just there are some people I think they might just be afraid of the hard right. work, you know, I mean, you know, going into something for yourself, becoming a brand or a business requires a lot of autonomy, it requires a ton of hard work, a lot of grind, you know, a little faith, a little luck. And I feel like there are a lot of people that are willing to sacrifice the great to right. get the good right now because it doesn't require as much of them you know a lot of people it's a lot easier to take direction from someone else than to forge your own path absolutely you know that takes a level of creativity and and you know and 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 to kind of be a bit of a visionary to really forge your own path out here so for a lot of people it's a lot easier to just sit back and let other people tell them what to do but at the end of the day as you and i both know right? Those are always going to be the people that are making the most that are giving out and delegating the work, right? As opposed to receiving the work and just doing what they're told. But yeah, I think that's what it is. I think a lot of people are just, you know, they're just afraid of the work. And I think, you know, they might be a little afraid of rejection or a little afraid of um, failure. You know, I think that I think people are really scared of failure out here. And you know, that speaks to a host of other things, you know, mental health or right. whatever the case is. But, you know, people tend to look at their self-worth through their accomplishments. And so if there's something that they want to accomplish or they're afraid that they're not going to accomplish or they're not going to excel in, they tend not to go down that road because there's a chance for failure, which may throw them into a downward spiral. So they don't even go that route. They're like, nah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just do this over here. But for me, me too. I'm a risk taker. So like, yeah, I'm gonna go, go for it. it. Exactly. If, oh, well. if it don't work, yeah. Hey, it's like, what's the work? I'm I always try. like, well, what's yeah. the work that can happen? I mean, we go, we all gonna check out anyway. So you know, exactly. I'm gonna be right, I'm gonna be right back. Right back where I know? started at right now. And you know, like exactly. with me, my whole thing exactly. is even if it failed, like I've been down before. You know what I'm saying? I feel like exactly. I feel like a person cannot yeah. even call themselves a hustler if they've never lost it all and made yes. it back. And then lost, you know, I mean that's a part of yes. the game. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And how are you ever gonna learn, you know, how are you ever gonna get that thick skin and earn those stripes out here right. if you don't have those hard times? You know, you gotta learn how to pivot and adapt, you know. So the only way you learn how to do that is through right. adversity. So yeah, me too. I, and I, I think I thrive in it. I think people, I think really people mm-hmm. should learn how to really critique and check themselves. I'm very big on that, as you know. 
I'm very yes. big on ain't nobody got to yes. tell me what's wrong with it. I already see it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going <laughs> to fix it. But you know, I'm, like, right. <laughs> I'm always like, well, I didn't like, yep. you know, how that sounds. I'm, You know what I'm saying? Like, even uh, these interviews, as mm-hmm. I went on, like, my first one, like, God bless Lashar for doing it. But it was awful. But I was like, eh, I didn't like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this. Like, I took questions that I didn't like. That's all right. So I don't know. I don't think I think maybe sometimes right. people have an issue with keeping it real with themselves too, because you know, I feel like mm-hmm. in, in the game of doing stuff for your passion, like you have to keep it G with yourself. Like you have to say, oh, yes. that didn't yes. work. Let me do it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you gotta keep people oh, around yeah. you that'll keep it real with you too. Cause a lot of people they don't want that. They only yeah. want yes men around them. But like, nah, like I right. need people that I trust to tell me, hey, yeah. David, this That's ain't like it, bro. That's like a big disclaimer. I tell <laughs> people, know? hey, we can be cool, but I ain't gonna always say what you like mm-hmm. to hear. <laughs> like, be <Ooh>. real. <laughs> That's why I rock You know, you. I got you. <laughs> so, what keeps you motivated, yeah. like, with your YouTube and, you know, everything you have going on? What keeps you going? Mm. You know, there's, there's, there's probably a couple of things that really keep me going. You know, first of all, the passion for this industry, okay. it really fuels me, you know, because this this thing, it changes from day to day. You know, there's always a story. There's always something happening in this space and it, it moves so fast. You know, like I, when I order in sneakers, it's hard for me to pump out the content sometimes without right. more sneakers coming in, you know, because things are moving so fast. So, you know, just just the fuel for that passion, it really keeps me going as well. Also, you know, taking into account where I've come from and how much progress I've right. made up to this point, yeah. that keeps me going too a lot of times. Because it's like, you know, I get discouraged sometimes. You know, I'll put a video out there and, you know, it really doesn't perform like I hope that it would or would have you. But, you know, during those times, I tend to go back in the channel or go back to think about, you know, some some wins that I did have. And it's like, you know, that encourages me. That keeps me going, you know. Um, taking small wins is really important, you know, when you're going on the journey as well. Like, no, you know, this video may not have made a million views or whatever, or, you know, I might have pitched myself, you know, to a company and they decided not to proceed forward, but that's fine, you know, but there's so many small wins that we tend to overlook, especially, you know, people like yourself, like me, people that are ambitious, visionaries, what have you, you know, we tend to overlook the small wins because we're so fixated on the major milestone out there. But, you know, no, like, you know, hey, this happened today. This happened. This great thing happened. This small thing happened. And so that keeps me going, too. So for our listeners that haven't checked out your YouTube channel, they should and they will after this. Mm What what can they expect by, <laughs> you know, uh, checking out your YouTube channel? What they can expect is a bridge between paying homage to history and nostalgia of yesteryear while staying in tune with the hype of today. And I really try my best to be a bridge between those two because I feel like there are people that do one or the other, but not very many that do both. And that can blend and really give a real appreciation for the stories that are being told in these shoes, um, quite like the way that I'm able to convey it. So that's what they can expect. They're going to see some real nice, nice sneakers. They're going to see some real hype stuff. They're going to see some, some really rare stuff. 
Um, but they're also going to understand why they matter, why these shoes matter. And they're going to learn a little bit about the history and the inspiration behind these, oh, these, like these it. shoes. It, it is pretty dope. And okay, <laughs> so there was a lot of scandal and drama around the latest trophy room thing. Like, was that hype or was that like a real thing? Mm. Okay. That was a okay. real thing, man. That they have to watch your video. Then, so we gonna give them another. They gonna have to watch the video. But yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, they gotta watch like, it. I was on Twitter, like, wait, is this is this mm-hmm. real? So I waited for the video, and I was like, I'm it's gonna wait real. for bro to tell me what is going on with the trophy room. It is so crazy, so crazy. Yeah, yes. millions of dollars. Yeah, we we'll give them that. that. Millions, millions of dollars being made, and that and, and, and mm-hmm. that's the game. Millions. It's <laughs> the game. That's the game. It is okay, what it is. So. <laughs> that this is the Black Man Joy series. I am going to switch a little gears and ask you um, some things about your experiences mm-hmm. as a black man. Okay, so at what sure, age yeah. did you feel comfortable in your blackness? Mm, at what and, age? My goodness, and that's I, what I, I was going to say. Am and I ever comfortable okay in my if you know you're <laughs> not there yet? Because when I when I thought of the question, I thought yeah. for myself, it's some days I'm super comfortable. It's some days I go to work yeah. where yeah. I'm the only black, you know, it's only me and another black person. I'm a, I'm a black per- woman. I'm a black right. woman in leadership. And every day I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Right. Right. You know, I- I'll tell you, you know, it was actually when I was uh, probably around the age probably around 10 or 11 years old and you know my stepfather um he was actually Rastafarian and being Rastafarian you know he was excuse me he was very very tuned into you know um like a lot of these concepts that you know derive from you know Jamaica and Africa and things like that and really you know he really was the one that exposed me to you know, right. how regal we were as Black people, you know, way back when. And so he always listened to like a lot of, you know, like Bob Marley and a lot of, you know, music that was, you know, always talked about, you know, empowerment and uplift, upliftment and things like that, yes. you know, get up, stand up and stuff like that. And so that's where I learned through him, you know, like being Black really is a beautiful thing and it really is something dope, you know, because at that point I was just fed whatever I was fed mm-hmm. in school. Martin Luther King had a dream and, you know, whatever else. But he he was the one that really exposed me to just how powerful and poignant being Black is. So I, I would okay. say probably from And back what does Black love mean to you? Ooh. And it could be black at, love. And I think mm, when I ask mm, mm, this mm. and people hear it, I think they, I I do mean black relationship love, like husband and wives, et cetera. Et cetera. But I also mm. mean love for our people. Mm. You know, you know, like big brother, little sister, like the yes. love we have, like that black, like community unity love as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think black love means a couple of things. You know, like I'll just say from a from a community perspective. You know, I think that Black love means support and it means upliftment, you know, and it means enlightenment, you know, of those around us. I feel like when you really love somebody, 
you have their best intentions at heart and you want them to be the best versions of themselves, right? So you do what you can to put them in position, to put money in their pockets, to, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, support their businesses, you know, support their small businesses or what have you, you know, it's, it's hard for, for people that look like us out here to get support from, you know, our European brothers and sisters out here, you know what I mean? And, you know, I feel like there is no greater feeling of love. I feel like love is an action word and love is tangible, you know? And so because of that, I can tell you that I love you and it sounds great, or I can show you that I love you and, you know, really do everything in my effort, you know, in my power, you know, to make sure that you feel uplifted and you feel supported out here. And so from a community perspective, you know, I think that that's what it means. Really putting our money where our mouth is when it comes to, you know, doing well for others. Now, from a relationship love perspective, you know, I feel like, you know, that equates to an openness and a vulnerability that we, sometimes we can struggle with, you know, because growing up, you know, being in the world around us, we have to put on this, 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 this hard shell, right? Just to function in the world, because there are so many things out there in the world that are really gutting against us and really Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that we fail or we break or we break down out here. And so when I feel like when you come home to that genuine Black love, that's a love that is non-judgmental, that is unconditional, and that just, you know, fully allows you to be whomever you truly are at your core without having to worry about any any backlash or any judgment or anything like that, you know? So I feel like, you know, for me, the greatest relationships are the ones where they don't have to be anything but themselves for the other person, whatever that looks like. I I absolutely agree because let me tell you, I've had some rough, (laughs) rough days at work. And I'm telling you, I walk in that door and (laughs) it just makes it all, You know, it's been times that I just cry because I'm like, yep. I cannot. But, you know, he gives me a sense of a good mm-hmm. foundation. And really, I tell everybody, like, he is a good place for me to fall apart. Yeah. And I can show that, you know, yes. Yes. the world is kicking my ass, <laughs> you know. But then when I fall apart, exactly. also the yep. place that puts me back together. And he puts me right back, you know, in the game. And he's like, you're fine. It's cool. You know, um, I told one of my, I told um, my big sister maybe two or three days ago, she was upset. And I said, yo, sis, we're going to cry about this today. And then tomorrow we're going to stand Mm -hmm. up and we're going to figure it out. Yeah, we're going to figure it out. And you know, that's really what she That's right, you know. Because Mm -hmm. she wasn't crying because, you know, what she wanted wasn't going to happen. It was frustration on her end. You know, she, right. you know, we both know who I'm talking about. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) uh, but you know, it was, (laughs) yeah, it's the frustration, but that doesn't mean, you know, I suck. It's just like, ah, but you know, we need that as, you know, spouses Mm -hmm. or siblings or just in the community period. Like we need, it's, you know, I think we all would be Mm -hmm. better if we had a place. Cause I know, you know, Melvin knows if he needs to come home and fall apart, I'm here. Let's fall apart. Yeah. He can do that. He can do that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. That's, we need safe safe spaces Mm -hmm. like that. That's what we need. It's important. And 
I think if we as a people would create more safe spaces for each other, I think we overall would be better because mm-hmm. you know we do we do go out with the hard shell and oh, oh I, I got mm-hmm. this and you know we had that persona. It's like no, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. home and cry because today was shitty. <laughs> I think yeah, exactly. Today yeah. was a shitty yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. So, what okay. advice would you give mm-hmm. to younger black? Men? You know what? What would you give? What advice would you give to black men, peer? Because it's black men older than you that might not have it together either. Yeah. <laughs> but from your experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing that I always try to tell people is, you know, in all things, in all things that you approach in this life, in this time that we have on this planet, conduct yourself in a way that adds value. And I feel like there are a lot of us, a lot of black men, especially out here, that we tend to become fixated on what other people can do for us or what you know a job can do for us or what this person can do for us and things like that. And you know, for me, I'm trying to shift the perspective into wow. being more of a value add. What do I have or what can I cultivate that adds value to the people, places, and things that are around me every day. You know, when I, when I join my frat, that's one of the questions that they ask. And it actually is, is a determinant of whether or not you make it into the frat. They just ask simply, why do you want to be an alpha? And if the answer has to do a lot more with what the fraternity can do for that wow. person, you're not going to make it in, you know? it. But if you answer the question, it's like, well, you know, I have this level of knowledge or I have this expertise in this thing, or I feel I can be a value add to the fraternity by, you know, you know, using, you know, myself or my wherewithal to help, you know, continue to spread the message out there. You have a much better shot at getting in at that point. And that's the thing, you know, that I want us to really start thinking more about is in our relationships, how can I be there for her more? How can I love her the way she needs to be loved? You know, we got a real bad problem with loving women the way we want to love them, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of the way that they need to be loved. How can I be a value add to that at my job? How can I be more than just the guy that's like, man, I'm just trying to hit it. I'm just trying to get my check. But how do I take it a step further and really become a value add to excel in my career? You know, so in all things, in my community, you know, like we don't have to wait for things to begin. How can I start something with the resources that I have right now? You know, I did something like that with with a partner of mine, you know, and we started doing these annual sneaker giveaways. We didn't wait for anybody to give us money or a platform. We just pulled our money together. We bought a ton of sneakers and we gave them to the foster kids and we we gave them to the Boys and Girls Club here, you know. So, you know, that's one thing I'm always trying to preach out here is don't wait for anybody to give you anything or to do anything, start right now, right? And figure out with what you have, the resources, the money, the platform, whatever, and how you can be more of a value yes, to I the world. I absolutely love it. And, you know, yep. that yeah. whole, how do you add value? Like, that is the whole reason I I did the Black Men Joy series. Like, I and you know I'm a black woman. I, I could have mm-hmm. done one solely a black about black women. I love my sisters. And you know, my next thing will sure. be about women sure. thriving. But 
you know, I sat back and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a platform and you're going to be a voice, what is the need? And no lie, so corny, but this is how it happened. Mm-hmm. I was looking at Melvin and I thought about, <laughs> he's an incredible mm. guy. And I thought about the things he has endured mm. as a incredibly nice and kind black man. You know, I thought about, you know, his mm. issue, you know, his issue with women before me, like how they treated him, how people treated him because he wasn't yeah. the black man that they thought he should be. Yeah, he might be six, seven and he might be a big guy, but he ain't no mm-hmm. D boy. He's he's never been to jail. This and that's not yeah. who he is. And then I thought, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Who better to like get black men together let them talk about because you think about it, nah. nobody has asked the black man about their experience. We're always asking black That's women, true. and it's That's nothing. That, of course, I'm black. I'm a black woman. It's nothing against that, but it's like, well, we should ask our brothers mm-hmm. too. We should ask them, like, what makes you happy? You know, yeah. what brings you joy? What What can we as black women do to better? Yes. At, you know, to better equal with you guys, not just what you guys can do for us, but how, you know, my last yep. interview, I asked them, like, how can black women, what do y'all need? How do we love y'all where you guys get what you need too? And I feel like there, there should be a fairness in that. Mm-hmm. You know, all black men aren't trifling dogs. It is somehow. Yeah. But it's a whole bunch of good brothers and I thought, yeah. <laughs> you know, I looked at Melvin and I thought, you know, he isn't an extinct animal. You know, the good black man, he's here, you know, and mm-hmm. he has his own thing and his own ideas without it being attached to something negative. Right. So that value point, I was like, yep. Exactly. I was adding value, didn't mm-hmm. even know it. Okay. <laughs> And I thought, that's right and we appreciate yeah, and that you know we do you know we tend to get so different yeah. for a black woman to ask the black man because of course you brothers y'all get together you talk about it all the time but I was mm-hmm. like there's no not that I've seen there's right. no black woman sitting you know with a black man saying how can we age you guys better or you know when did this you know I, I just really mm-hmm. felt that was very important because mm-hmm. I mean you and Melvin and Tyree and RJ is like I know so many dope black men that don't fit that mold of what people mm-hmm. think black men are. Yeah, you know, so that is stuff. And exactly. Oh, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. I appreciate it. And then speaking of that, I want to ask, mm-hmm. what is one common mis- misconception about the black man that? you would like to debunk. Mm. Not that it needs to be debunked because we know who I mean you guys mm. know who you are. But I want I want it on record to be like, y'all know black men aren't this right. right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I think one thing that I get a lot of times is um the fact that black men really are not emotional. You know, and that they don't feel and they don't right. cry and they don't express emotion like that you know and you know I'll tell you we do you know we have you know insecurities that we deal with you know we have you know uh, emotional aspects of ourselves that we deal with many times 
And, you know, we do feel we just tend to do it quietly, you know, because it's not really seen as, you know, the popular thing to do out here or what have you. But, yeah, you know, men go through a lot of them. I I say this often. I say a lot of times. I think men tend to be actually a little more emotional than women sometimes, given Mm -hmm. the situation, (laughs) you know, and and, you know, we that tends to not be you know the norm out of here or people tend not to really discuss it so we're trained and we're hardwired from the from the mm-hmm. time that we're kids you know stop all that crying you know or don't show nobody right. this or don't do that don't do that you know I was raised that way you know and when you get a little bit older you know you realize it's okay to express these things it's okay right. to you know, be an emotional being, you know, and to feel, it is. feel those, those feelings. I feel like it's a, it's a healthy. You know, I think that's why, you know, we, we deal with so many issues like, you know, again, stemming around mental health out here in the community is because we've struggled for so long with, you know, embracing ourselves and embracing our feelings like that. So that, that I think is a, is a big one. It's like, right. they're just not emotional. They're just completely cold and detached mm-hmm. and cut off and so it's right, like, oh, right. the case. We I know feel, one time Melvin was like feel. which I women <laughs> failed to realize is most of these dudes out here playing women is because they got their heart broke. They just don't be doing it. <laughs> That's it. I That's like, facts. That's so. a bunch. He like, is yeah, absolutely like, right about that. Why That's y'all right. don't think we don't get our hearts broke? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we're not just savages yeah, out here. Usually it's coming okay. from somewhere. So why do you feel Mm -hmm. like black men are often left out of things that bring joy? Why do you think people may think black men don't have joy? Mm. That's actually a really good question. You know, I think that there tends to be this, this misconception out here that we're okay like you know it, it, there's a problem with people Ooh, not, yes, you heard, I am like, people saying Check you know in checking in on your strong friends <laughs> and stuff like that right. you know you know what i'm saying and i think that when it comes to black men a lot of times we're mm-hmm. left out of a lot of things because people just assume mm-hmm. that we're okay with being left out of it when that's not always the case you know like that's not always the case but it's like you know I don't know why, I guess just because maybe because we tend to be bigger, we tend to be stronger, we tend to have this kind of more commanding presence about us, I guess. You know, people just assume Mm -hmm. that we're just naturally okay, you know, like whatever we're not invited in on or whatever, you know, again, our joy being skipped over. I think they feel like, well, Black men are are self-sustaining, you know, so you already have your own joy. You don't need to be brought in and you don't need to have, you know, things extended out to you that bring you joy. You're good as it is. But no, you know, no, like we we definitely would like to be embraced more and to be approached right. with a little and more actually, like, I out here. It'd be nice. intentional <laughs> with that you know? when it comes to like Melvin, like, you know, he's gotten more comfortable with it now we first started dating he used to resist mm-hmm. me but um I because you know it wasn't something he was used to but yeah. you know <laughs> I would ask him how his day was or I would go um do little things for him you know I wouldn't let him just mm. buy me flowers and do stuff for me you know I would go and you know even if it was something as simple as I went out to eat with yeah. my homegirls and I brought him something to eat back like I didn't know 
yeah, I didn't know that women weren't doing these things. Mm, he was like, yeah, yeah. so much. Yeah, he was like, they're not, and or you know, they're not. Um, mm-hmm. I, sometimes I randomly <laughs> pay for like his haircut, um, and I'll text him. I'll be like, don't pay your barber. I've already cashed out. Wow. Wow. Just to, you know, I mean, he didn't need me to, but to be nice. <laughs> and um, last year on our anniversary, we went to Gallenberg. We drove yep. a truck in. I told him, I was like, I'm going to buy you a truck at the end of 2021. And he was like, okay, like, whatever. And I, not, you know, the beginning of the year, I got my credit mm. report and I saw what I needed to pay off to, like, make it happen because, you know, I have a car. And I told him, I was like, no, I'm serious. Mm. I was like, I am going to buy you a mm. truck for Christmas and wow. he was like because he has been talking about like Incredible. buying me one I was like no I am going to get you one because wow. in my mind it's like I want him to feel good like not just momentarily good like I want him happy yes. safe healthy and I want him to feel good like mm-hmm. he makes me feel like you know you bring home flowers or you wash the dishes yeah. like I want him to feel that level of care. You know what I'm saying? And it's more than materialistic things. You know, I asked some things. Yes. But I felt like, you know, I'm like, all this time he looking for me a truck. And I'm like, I know that that's something that every time he gets in and he'll be like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted him to have that mm-hmm. level of joy but mm-hmm. I also yeah. wanted him to know that this was like an equal and even partnership you know like I'm not you know I don't have to work I can sit at home every yes. day mm-hmm. and he would say you know and I still would live a good life because of him but I'm not you know right. I wanted him and I think us as women I think sometimes yeah. we forget that men need that you know what I'm saying you know um Men need to, uh, yes, you know, hey, pay for we the do. lunch every now and then. It's not going to hurt, <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't do it mm-hmm. often, but, you know, I'll buy <laughs> like, exactly. I feel like, you know, it's. I feel like that gives a man yeah. a break. That lets him feel good about something. Because <laughs> I feel like if the yes. world, you know, I feel like you guys go into the world. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. And you're black men and you have so much going on. Like, when you come home, the least I can do is, like, damn, buy your burger, put your socks up or something, yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's simple. That's it. You know, it doesn't take much. Yeah, it doesn't take much for us. It's just those small things. Yeah. They mean so much to us, you know, but they tend he, to get yeah, overlooked. Yeah, he does. He said a lot. We but appreciate like, that. I know Melvin appreciates <laughs> that. I know he does. But, um, so what brings you joy? <laughs> oh, wow. Um... My goodness, you know, so many things just, you know, progression brings me joy, seeing people around me really happy and really thriving, mm-hmm. you know, um, you talked about your big sister, you yeah. know, and, you know, that, yeah. you know, her story yeah, is one is. that is so uh, she, she, she's been, she's been lately. She's been you know, real like that brings me joy. Every, seeing someone just like that. the news we got like last night, like, honey, yes. I was talking, Joy, and it's like mm-hmm. even like even uh Melvin ran it over <laughs> my shoulder. And he was like, "Oh yes. thank you, Jesus!" Like, I mean, her story is just so incredible. And, <laughs> yeah, I would. I agree. It it really is, and it it, it is. does it fills me yeah, with a lot of joy. Like, story. I, yeah, yeah, just 
seeing that, seeing people, yes. you know, doing well, you know, that brings me yes. so much joy. You know, my son, he brings me a ton of joy. You know, seeing him uh, yeah. get older, doing well in school, <laughs> looking at the grades, and thank goodness he's doing well. He's doing better than I was in school, thank goodness. Um, that brings me joy. You know, just yeah, just you know, so, I mean, oh, you you know, you. like this platform that you are now building, this brings me joy. Just amplifying the voices of people like us, that brings me joy. Me too. You know, I appreciate I do. That. Just, a lot of yeah, things I'm, just make I'm me happy like right so now. happy. Like when I saw like your last video. I saw the views and all the retweets and I was like, yeah. I need the respect for my brother right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm, I've been feeling a lot of I'm joy trying. around here lately. So you brought, you um, brought up your son. What is one yeah. thing that you want to pass along mm-hmm. to him as far as value wise? Because you know, if don't nobody know, I'm all about black fathers mattering. Mm. I love my dad, and <laughs> I yes. just, you yes. know, although I love, I don't want my mom to hear this. I love my mother <laughs> too, but you know, my dad, uh, my dad shaped a lot mm-hmm. of who mm-hmm. I am as a person. You know, I'm very big on the savage family values. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. I love it. You know, I'm, you know, one thing I'm really trying to, I really want to pass along to him is the idea of respect, despite respect in the face of adversity, right? How to maintain your composure in situations Mm -hmm. that will try to test you because as a black man in this country, you will be tested over and over and over again. And there are many mm-hmm. people that are going to test you with the intention of getting a reaction out of you. Don't give them that satisfaction, right, of, of getting you into that emotional mm-hmm. space out here. Maintain your composure and make them look the fool because you maintain your composure in the face of ignorance out here. That's a, a core mm-hmm. value that I want them to understand, you know, and, and that goes for that goes for anybody, right? So, you know, we're family here, right? So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. me and his mother, it's been a roller coaster with me and her. It's been rough, you know? And so in the beginning, it was very, very rough with us, you know? And so one thing that meant a lot to me that I always tried to make sure was that he understood. And through, you know, through the years, you know, we can have these conversations where he gets older, you know, about, well, what were things like and how did things happen with, you know, you and mom? And one thing that he's always going to see in me, and I'm glad that I can say is, I never lashed right. out at your mother. Like, I, you know, she wasn't called out of her name. She knows, she was, you know, things like that. Like, you know, like we right. did things you know, this way, we went the legal route to get everything in black and white and on paper, as opposed to a lot of bickering and fighting and arguing. And, you know, even through a difficult situation like that, there is a way to do things mm-hmm. with, 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 you know, in a cordial manner, in an amicable manner, you know, that can still have a positive result at the end of the day. You don't have to always lean into some days conflict. Now there's some days (laughs) when we choose we wake up and we choose violence. These things happen. (laughs) That happens. That happens. But you know, to just be cognizant of the long-term effects of the violence that we choose, 
you know, I think is important as well. So I just want him to be cognizant of the decisions that he's making out here to be aware of what that he's doing. You know, amazing the, the really because that is one of my father's values. <laughs> I had a very, very, yeah. very difficult still, still to this day, have a very mm-hmm. difficult time mm-hmm. at work. Um, the people above me, you know, she she says little things yeah. that uh, you know, try to, you know, get up under my skin and you know. For a while there, I was in meetings every week, you know, with the, why are you rude? Why are you this way? And I knew it was trying to make me explode. And when I went to my parents' house, that's the first thing my dad said. He was like, you're in here like you don't know who you are. You're in here like you don't remember. And he was like, you you know, my mom and my dad was like, you need to remember who you Mm -hmm. are and, you know, get yourself together. You know, they just saying those kind Mm -hmm. words, but they was like, you better not let them folks. (laughs) make you show your tail and I think I think that says a lot about you that's right situation my brother that's right still currently dealing with those type of things and one thing I will say he's never been disrespectful to his um oldest daughter's mother now his little sister not so much but (laughs) I was like I'll call her before you but you know, that was younger. <laughs> yes, I chose, I, I choose violence a lot when it comes to my people. But, These things happen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, hey, I get and, it. I you get know, it. I when get I was it. younger, it used to burn me up. I was like, Jamie, if you don't put it, but now, you know, older, I'm like, okay, I see. Because he mm. never wanted Bella to say, well, you call my mom this, you know. And she's 10 now, so he, you know, she mm-hmm. is now seeing it mm-hmm. all for kind of what it is. And so I I think that is the best, most amicable way yeah. to do things. And yeah. And also when dealing with the world, mm-hmm. like you, the, this world will break you if you are Absolutely. not, especially as black people, if you are not careful, especially when you're educated. Ugh. So what would you say mm-hmm. you are rooted in? What is the yes. core roots of you? Ooh. You know, my core roots, you know, what, what, what my mama raised me on, honestly, was the idea of just putting the energy out into the world right. that you want to receive back from it. You know, just be a good person. You know, I think that you know, there's a lot of branches off that, right? So, like, I was raised in the church, and I was raised as a seven-day Adventist, mm-hmm. and was, seven-day Adventism is an extremely conservative religion, you know? And, you know, I had my own journey that I had to go on mm-hmm. once I was an adult. Like, okay, well, what does the rest of my life look like in that regard, you know? Because there were things that I wasn't really feeling, I didn't really technically agree with that were going on in there. But at the end of the day, one thing that I did take away from my experience within that within that religion was the idea of just being a good person and putting good energy into the world. I feel like there's a lot of people out here that expect good things to come into mm-hmm. their lives, but they won't put good energy out into the world. And then they wonder why good things don't happen to them. So for me, I'm trying to start from within 
to really, right. you know, just treat people well, you know, be, be courteous and, and, and be cordial with people and just, you know, give people good energy. Just really, you know, be the change that, yes. you know, and we you want do. to see you, out here. You That's give really that what off, I'm like, like, firmly, firmly. You give off, you do, you give off a vibe, you know, like you're, like, any, anytime, <laughs> like, when I was around you, I was yeah. like, Wow, I'm really tired of this painting, but it ain't so bad. Like, you know, <laughs> like you give off a really you you are definitely same <laughs> definitely living what you are rooted yep. in. So in the end, what do you want your legacy to be? I appreciate it. Although you have a son who is oh, your legacy. Man. You know, when I say that, I mean what? I want, what? What do you want the stories to be told about yeah, David? For sure. You know, I want people to feel like I was a relatable, ambitious man that did not have a lot of opportunities, but because because he went about, because I did things the right way, you know, I want people to see that you can achieve high levels of success without going to, you know, diabolical means to get it, right? Like, I want to be the guy that I didn't lie, cheat, steal, or rob my way into the success that I really hope to see in my lifetime, that you can just have you can yes. just you know really be a well-spoken black man because i feel like that sometimes even gets frowned upon you can be an educated well-spoken black man and you can succeed even in a system that roots against you because at the end of the day a lot of the systems that root against us are man-made systems that can be torn down with the right set of skills and the right set of resources and so for me you know i want my legacy to be that was a guy that did it the right way. He, you know, became very successful. He made great money and he made an impact at the end of the day. And for me, right. the impact is what matters the most, even in the sneaker world right now, right. you know, even in this world, I'm working on creating impact. You know, I want people to look at me and be like, no, he's a necessary figure, you know? And I always feel like when, you know, all of us have a purpose and I don't know you know, if right. everybody's purpose is to be in business for themselves or if it's to make an impact where they are, wherever they are. But in whatever they're doing, there's a specific and unique purpose right. and reason for us being here, right? There's a reason why right. it's not two of us out here. You're you're the only you, I'm the only me, and there's a big reason for that. And so, I think that. Yeah, I that's the impact that I'm trying to create right and now. And I think that's, that that's you will because you leave. already are on the track for all yeah. of that. A lot of, yeah. you know, we can already say that your ambitions and so, you know, all those things. So you definitely that. are well on your way. All right. So I'm going to give you a three fill in the blanks. Okay. I appreciate it. The first one is I am. Okay. Let's do it. Oh, I like it. Oof. I am I most fulfilled am when. Powerful. Yeah. I am most fulfilled when <laughs> that's why I get people feeling Ooh, that's a good one okay wait a second <laughs> I'm most fulfilled that's a good one that's a good one 
You know what? You know what? I am most fulfilled when oh, I, I like it. Am creating. Wow, that's dope. Yeah, I'm most fulfilled when I'm my intention something is always. Yeah, I love to create. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Love. Okay, so where? Can my listeners yeah. connect with you online? Always. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's the same name across all social media platforms, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and YouTube. It's all sneaker fetish, all one word. Fetish is spelled with a P-H. Um, or, you know, people can connect with me awesome. at sneakerfetish at gmail.com. So, want to reach out thank to me you so much for really taking simple. this time with yep. me. I greatly appreciate it. And this is the segment of the podcast that I get to tell the sure. people why I wanted you on and why yeah. you're unbothered and bothered. So, David, I really, first of all, you're my big brother. I love you as a person. <laughs> I think you are incredible. But <laughs> but I am also inspired by how Love you, you you know went for your passion. That is a path that most don't take due to fear of the unknown. Yeah. And you know, you have a day job, you have day things, but you still put yeah. energy, passion, and all your mm-hmm. marbles into a sneaker fetish. And your willingness to do the work and pursue your passion pursue your passion. Yes. It is dope to witness. I I'm glad I can bear witness. And you know, when I watch, you know, when we subscribe yeah. and we watch your videos, you can Thank tell you. that it's a labor of love. You can tell that you are enjoying what you are doing. And it's nothing I love more than to see my people fulfilled and satisfied whether yeah. it's my people as a black people or, you know, you're my family. So either way, yeah. it just does me good to see you enjoy it. But yeah, yeah. also <laughs> it does my heart good to see people in that game respect you for it. Because, I mean, you are definitely leading the charge, telling the stories. Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot of things that I didn't even know came with a shoe, you know, and I feel like mm. that's a lesson we all can learn from. <laughs> to yeah, just go yeah. with what fills us up, what makes us happy, what we're passionate yeah. about. Because a lot of people don't choose the road of passion. And you did. And I mean, look at you know, look at what you're look at what mm-hmm. you've done so far. So it's just. I am excited to see what you yeah. do next, what happens next. You know, if you ever get connected with Ivy Park, take me with you. I'm yours. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I have to put that yeah, out got there for you. everybody. In case hey, I'm working on Adidas. <laughs> but, I'm working on you it. know, I think it's important to give people their flowers and let you know you that, go. you know, <laughs> you, you are inspiring people and you probably haven't even tapped into how much you are. You know, the things you tweet, you know, you're a person I know I can go to and say, hey, how do I do this? And you're going to give me good advice. And I think a lot of people can learn from that. And you're definitely a black man with joy, 
but you are also a huge inspiration. And I mean, we're all better because of you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, that is why you so you're unbothered. Really, that means the world. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. We're done. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hey guys, don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button on the podcast if you liked it. Leave any comments and anything you would like to share. Bye guys.